It's 4 o'clock. 92.3, your number one family radio. Always know this. Having somewhere to go is home. Having someone to love is family. And having both is a blessing. Inspiration. Inspiration. 92.3 FM. Lagos is one of the fastest growing cities in the world and the fifth largest economy in Africa. The city is growing so fast that censuses can't keep up. Lagos stands for rapid urbanization, but the city is faced with numerous challenges that comes with urbanization. Join us in the conversation on Rethinking Lagos show as we speak with policymakers, researchers, and politicians to address issues such as mobility, climate change, waste, housing, energy, and urban planning every Thursday by 4 p.m. on Inspiration 92.3. This program is brought to you by Rethinking Cities in collaboration with Eric Boris Stifkon. It's a beautiful evening, two minutes past the hour four, and well, when you hear that tune, you know it's something from Lagos, and of course, this is more like Lagos, so welcome Lagos, and everyone who's listening, uh, yes, my name is Imoe Bong, uh, you should be hearing Smart Uzoichi's voice, I'll be standing in for him this evening. Welcome, I'll be your host this evening on Rethinking Lagos, powered by Rethinking Cities, and uh, DG Akinpelu is in the studio this evening. Um, good evening. It's, it's nice to be back here. Mm, um, so this is our season finale for 2023. Mm. I think 2022. Yeah. So we're going on, on, on our Christmas break. We mm. normally do this 13 weeks every year. And yeah. um, this is our last episode. And uh, I think uh, we are about to have a nice time. Uh, a beautiful one. Yeah. It's a great privilege to have one of the governorship candidates around. For this uh, last episode, uh, we've had um, one before, and uh, we're having another one um, for this season. And there's no other person than Mr. Funsha Duerti of the African Democratic Congress mm. uh, is the governorship candidate of that party. Mr. Duerti, thanks for coming. Thank you, Deji, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. You're welcome. I mean, is, is that, um, you know, <laughs> where, you, where you drive around the city of Lagos, you just mm. see this man with gray hair looking so handsome, looking so good, you know. Your photographer did a, a good job. Thank <laughs> you very much. Although the gray hair is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> is it exactly a problem, you know? So, okay, I think people ascribe a gray hair with wisdom. Yeah, well, we hope so. Okay, so it's too, late to, it's too late to die it now, anyway. So <laughs> the pictures are everywhere already. Yeah, the pictures are everywhere. And, uh, this quite um, uh, is an attention grabber, and mm. for for us on this on our show, is for us to be able to call him in and say, "Hey, mm. what is your plan, sir?" Mm. Um, at Rethinking Cities, we're very big about making the city of Lagos inclusive, um, sustainable. Uh, and is the is the is where we see as the cent that should be the center of planning for mm. Lagos, whereby you build a city that everybody has a place. Sure. You, whether you're rich, you're poor, you're middle class, you you have 
and housing There's option for everyone yeah you have your transportation option mm. um it works for everyone not just building a city for uh, a specific group of um, people mm. basically so we just get it started yep. um i mean uh, um one of the key areas that Lagosians uh have really complained about is in the issue of um transportation okay and um it's one big area that from our own research and uh, that we have done mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that people complain so much about right now is the high cost of transportation in the mm-hmm. city of lagos mm-hmm. and most recently the issue of security there was a young lady that was um uh, killed in a, in a, in a bus BRT bus, BRT yeah. bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, safety on the waterways are some of the concerns so we'd like to know um uh, mr funchal duarte when it comes to transportation in Lagos, what are your thoughts? Uh, what what do you what are you seeing along those lines? Okay, thank you, thank you uh, for that question. And um, let me start by confirming that um, in our interactions with people across the state, uh, and we've gone from local government to local government, as you've identified transport, transit, traffic, uh, however you want to term it, um, uh, ranks up there with the list of things that people care most about. Um, for us, um, this is a central part of our agenda and it's it's uh, a p- principal pillar under our infrastructure, in mm-hmm. particular component of our agenda. Really, we see that there are two broad ways that this problem needs to be addressed. Uh, the first has to do with expanding the infrastructure the transportation infrastructure, and by that I mean both the scale and the range of options that are available to people in a mega city like Lagos. So we think that there's been too much focus on the road infrastructure, and we need to do more in terms of the waterways uh, and and the rail in terms of bringing those options on board in a mainstream way, so that they can then be a real option to decongest the roads which is where we see a lot of the, um, the, the chaos presently. Um, the waterways, we think we need to do more to provide robust uh, alternatives um, such that people can commute um, by the waterways. Um, and many people who presently don't feel comfortable with the smaller boats that go from place to place um, can see them as a mainstream option. Uh, and, and, and this will be available to people who are across socioeconomic categories. So, for example, I have lived in a city uh, outside this country that is very similar to Lagos. And uh, it, it says that it's a coastal city. And in the office where I worked, you had people who came by water. You had those that came by rail and those that came by road. And it didn't have to do with how wealthy you were or what have you. Depending on where you were commuting from, you chose what was most comfortable for you. So I think as far as the waterways are concerned, we can do a lot more. We need to pick a few key routes and then provide robust options on those routes such that people can come in and that will decongest. Of course, together with that is that you have to make provision for last, first and last mile options that people can also use to interact with those waterways. So, so that's point number one. Point number two, I think, has to do with the rail and the fact that um, we need to have a functional rail system in a city like Lagos. It, we cannot avoid it. And the fact that we've been pursuing one for almost 15 years, I think is an indictment. Uh, it's just one axis of travel 
uh, and there's no reason why we couldn't have delivered that and much more on a much grander scale in the amount of time that we've spent. And so bringing that on board and bringing the transparency, accountability, etc., around that project to understand why it has taken so long, uh, what it's going to take mm -hmm. to deliver it, who is going to be held accountable for, for whether there are delays, cost overruns, etc. Those are things we need to understand. Um, and this is part of our, our broader government reform option. Now, on the roads, we need to use our existing infrastructure better. So I said there were two areas. First area is expanding the infrastructure, which I've talked about. But even the existing infrastructure which we have, we think is not well utilized because there's too much chaos and disorder on the roads. So it's not just about building more roads. It's not just about expanding the roads. It's about ensuring that the roads that we do have are used in an effective way. Think of it like an airport. If you take Heathrow Airport, for example, you'll be amazed the number of people that go through Heathrow Airport on a day-to-day -day basis. What is the reason why that can happen? It's because there's organization, there's rules, there's order. So you can have a large throughput in an existing infrastructure. And part of the problem we have in Lagos is that that existing infrastructure is being utilized in a chaotic, disorderly way. Um, one of the reasons why that is, and, and I'll just round up with this um, because I'm sure there are other things we want to touch on. Mm. One of the reasons why that is, is because there are what I would call agents of disorder on our streets in Lagos. I started off talking about what people have told me going from local government to local government. Mm. One of the things they consistently complain about is what they call the Aguero problem. And this is, is consistent. And this is a big problem. For people in the higher socioeconomic category, it's like an inconvenience, right? Mm. Because people are running on the road, disturbing their movement. Mm. But for most people who are in the lower socioeconomic category, it's actually an existential issue because it, it, it creates um, conditions that makes life very difficult for these people. It increases the cost of their transportation. And this is at a time when all other elements of cost of living are going up. Mm. And so, and for most people who earn low incomes, transportation is a big part of their cost of living. Mm. Um, now, we have our views on why this agro problem cannot be addressed effectively under the existing ruling party. And I can get into that in more detail. But I don't want to extend the... Uh, the answer to this particular question too long. But I hope that address... <laughs> okay. No, I, I think it's an important one. Just in a nutshell, yeah. because if you... Is it possible to discuss transportation in Lagos without discussing this as a major issue? No, it's not. The operations actually. of agbaros in no, Lagos. No, it's not. It, it, you get this job. Let's yeah. assume you get this job in yeah. 2023. Yeah. How would you tidy this? How would you be able to separate the transport sector in Lagos from the activities of agbaros? How? It, for a lot of Lagosians, it sounds like it will be magic or mm. a miracle. So I think the first thing is to have the political will to do it. And for you, you, you think you have that? Well, you see, if you understand the nature of the problem, part of the problem why it's difficult for the ruling party to address it is because oh. the uh, these folks, the Agberos, Touts, what have you, what do you want to call them, union mm. officials, you can use mm. different names to describe mm. them, are part of the political machinery that brings the ruling party to power. And therefore, they are almost an integral part of mm. the power structure of the larger power structure of Lagos, mm. right? And we see that if now we're in political season, you can see elements of that, right? And why that is an important asset for the ruling party. Now, so to the extent that, and it's not just me, mm. to the extent that any 
incoming administration is elected without relying on that block vote to be a core part of their of their support base mm. you come to power with a mandate that does not then make you beholden right to those forces so that's the first thing mm. that establishes room for you to take action based on political will mm. i think the next thing is then to prioritize the people and one of the things that was said at the beginning of this and i really like that intro mm. is that what you need to do in lagos is to make lagos an inclusive city make sure that the prosperity and the assets and the, the resources of this state which are by the way the it's one of the most endowed in the in fact the most endowed in the federation those resources mm -hmm. are deployed in a way that distributes prosperity and wealth across the citizenry okay and so you you don't have a situation where with each election cycle you have increasing concentration of the resources of the state in a smaller and smaller group of people so that you have greater and greater inequalities, which we believe is what has characterized Lagos uh, in the past couple of decades. And so when you think about the, the whole agro structure, it's a complex structure that funnels resources, right, from those resources that are collected from the commercial uh, uh, transport workers on the roads up through a pyramid structure and that money ends up somewhere mm. that money ends up somewhere interesting and it does not end up so so as a governor you 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 would promise Lagosians that you will get rid of that structure we will break we will break that thing that is creating um that is making life unbearable for the citizens we will go in there and examine what is needed what is not needed what is um what is there to extract resources from the people that don't, then does mm. not even end up in government's pockets, okay. but ends up in private pockets. So we will break, we will break that, that machinery. Does it mean that we will not have transport unions? No, mm. we will have transport unions. They can work in accordance with union laws, right? If their union dues to be collected, they can be collected in a, in a, in a, in a, in a civilized manner. Mm. People do not have to be chasing commercial buses on the streets of Lagos. To collect money from them and if you talk to some of these commercial bus uh, commercial bus drivers they will tell you mm. that the multiplicity of monies that are collected from them is incredible thousands of naira each day they come out mm. some is um, a transport worker or will chairman or will loading mm. or will booking you know mm. yeah. it's incredible taxation yeah so so you, uh, certainly it can be rationalized Mm. And it can be also brought down in a way that does not then become inimical and dangerous to the interests of, of, uh, of ordinary Lagosians. And we'll deal with it. Closely related to this is the issue of um, bus reform in the city of Lagos. Yeah. Um, presently, we have about 500 blue buses, yeah. which uh, is supposed to play in the field of the la first and last mile. Yeah. Uh, as against 75,000 um, informal buses that you have. Yeah. So this is a huge gap. Yeah. 500 buses mm -hmm. in the last few years to replace 75,000 buses. Yeah. How do you want to what will be your approach to the bus reform in the city of Lagos that will ensure that the informal sector that operates there still have a way of salvaging their own work? Yeah. So I think that it's there's no problem with uh, commercial buses operating per se. Okay. Right? Um, they just need to operate in a structured way. We need to ensure that they are operating in a safe way. 
we need to ensure that they are also following the rules of traffic that others was because if you follow commercial if you look at commercial because they don't uh, commercial bus drivers they don't believe that traffic lights relate to them mm-hmm. they think it's a private uh, you know it's not for them mm. and uh, so we need to bring them under somebody some control right now um, in addition um it, it, it doesn't mean also that government cannot play in that space because transportation is a space where you think of it as a public good. Mm-hmm. So it may not always operate on a purely commercial basis. So we will we'll have we'll be government options which could be subsidized depending on uh, on the overall policy mm-hmm. um, and you know what government is trying to um, either emphasize or de-emphasize. Now, but I keep I come back to the point that we need to think out of the box. Right? And we need to bring our thinking into the modern world. Right? So, for example, we need to do more in terms of thinking about other last mile options and first mile options. Like? Like cycling, for oh. example. Right? There's no reason why we cannot, in a city mm. like Lagos, look at what they do in a place like New York, Amsterdam, those kinds of places. Do, do we, do we have the infrastructure city. that would allow you know, such... You, you what you create it. You create, you see, the infrastructure. You create the infrastructure. Mm. And you start... You see, the first thing is the political will then to begin to pilot things. So, for example, I'll give you a simple way in which you can mm. begin to pilot this. You'll be amazed the number of people, for example, who come from Ikorudu to walk on the island, on Victoria Island, mm. every day. You'll be amazed, right? Now, if you had a transit system that allows that guy, instead of doing a four-hour commute in his car, right, and several others mm. doing that commute in their car, by the way, they're the only occupant of the car, Mm. from Ikorodu to here, right? What they could do is to get onto a robust waterway option in Ikorodu that they feel comfortable and safe on. Mm. Get off in VI. You've created bike lanes, right? On the streets in VI. Mm. People can then get around using bikes in VI in the course of the day. And then commute back to Ikorodu at the end of the day. This is just one option. This happens in other... I mean, it may seem like something that is out of, you know, like a movie and cannot happen mm. in Lagos. But there's no reason why it can't. But it's not like it's 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 even a mirage in the city of Lagos. Right down in Ikoye, there's a bicycle lane um, okay. close to Osborne. Yeah. Um, uh, we actually installed a bicycle rack yeah. in Ikeja City Mall. Mm-hmm. So for a very long time, people will cycle into the mall, don't have where to park. So for you to know oh. that people cycle. So the lack of that infrastructure yeah. for a very long time was not encouraging yeah. for people. There's a there's a delivery company presently in Lagos, um, not to give them free advert. Their mm. box is <laughs> yellow. <laughs> 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 bikes. Yeah, they deliver goods on bikes. Yeah. You know, it, we've prioritized. Uh, I think we've. I think you're very correct. We've prioritized cars. Mm. over humans mm. and that mobility so there's a non-motorized transportation policy yeah. mm. um that has just been at the back burner in the city of lagos that yeah. needs to be um pushed yeah. that road constructions that go on in the city of lagos should begin to have As a matter of policy but yeah you yeah. know when uh allen roundabout was being restructured uh mm. was being done like Hey, there's enough space for you to actually make room for people who cycle yeah. and between adeni jones down to Ikeja City Mall and all of that small route, you mm. have a whole lot of people who... Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And remember, we have a young population. True. So, I mean, you know, you've amazed the number of young people who walk in, in like I said, VI or even Central Lagos, who walk in banks or what have you. Mm. And this is, I mean, you know, this is, this is, uh, 
So Lagos has all of this potential. And we just need to think creatively, mm. uh, not reinventing the wheel, because by the way, these things are used in, 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 in cities like Lagos across the world. And mm. we just have to commit ourselves to delivering those things. And you think it's possible in Lagos? I think it is yeah. absolutely possible. Uh, okay, let's move on to another issue because time is going. Yes, let's 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 quickly remind our listeners. If you just joined us, you're listening to Rethinking Lagos, powered by Rethinking Cities. And our guest here in the studio is uh, Mr. Funshaw Dahati, African Democratic Congress ADC gubernatorial candidate for Lagos State. Uh, so far, we've discussed transportation. Yeah. We're looking at some of the policies that his administration, should he get the job, the number one job in the state of Lagos? When he gets to What? When he gets <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, I think whether you shall like us the job. Yeah. So, um, let's, let's take a quick breather and then come back. We'll okay. continue with the conversation. Don't go anywhere, Lagos. Lagos is one of the fastest growing cities in the world and the fifth largest economy in Africa. The city is growing so fast that censuses can't keep up. Lagos stands for rapid urbanization, but the city is faced with numerous challenges that comes with urbanization. Join us in the conversation on Rethinking Lagos show as we speak with policymakers, researchers, and politicians to address issues such as mobility, climate change, waste, housing, energy, and urban planning every Thursday by 4 p.m. on Inspiration 92.3. This program is brought to you by Rethinking Cities in collaboration with Eric Boris Stifcon. Thank you for staying with us. You're listening to the program Rethinking Lagos, powered by Rethinking Cities. Uh, Deji Akinpalu is in the studio with us. I'm Imoe Bong. I'm your host today. And we have as a guest on the show today, uh, Mr. Funsha Duhati, African Democratic Congress, ADC gubernatorial candidate in Lagos State. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, so another big issue in the city of Lagos is yeah. the issue of flooding and uh, for us, from the work that we have done, um, mm. we have a whole lot of encroachment on wetlands in the city of Lagos. Mm. I'm very worried about the bridge going on at uh, Ojota right now. Um, the bridge seems to look like um, something that would allow for housing encroachment on that wetland after that bridge has been con uh, constructed. So, you know, but what what is your own take what do you think is responsible for flooding in the city of lagos what will be your wetland protection policy like okay thank you um so uh, a couple of perspectives to this issue um i think and i'll disc and i'll sort of categorize them into planning on the one hand and then uh, uh, implementation and um, uh, enforcement on the other so, on the one hand, we need to understand that, of course, Lagos is a coastal city. Mm. Uh, we are a low-lying city. Um, and indeed, Lagos, the name Lagos, you know, uh, originates from Portuguese lakes and that kind of stuff. So, we, we've always had been surrounded by water and flooding is something that we, we must think about, particularly in climate change, uh, in the climate change um, uh, world in which we live in today. Um, it's important that there is a uh, we have a, a master plan that allows us to understand the scale of the problem, mm -hmm. um, what the issues are, and to put in an infrastructure for the city to manage those floods. Lagos is not the only city that has a, a similar problem, by the way. A city like of Amsterdam flooding. has a similar 
kind of thing, mm. right? Where they have to have like uh, levy systems and so on to manage the flood. Because we mm. know that when the rains come, you, there's a likelihood of flooding. So you plan for it. So that's the planning component of it. And, you know, with their, their drainage master plans, their drainage channels and so on and so forth. Um, so that's the first thing. And like most things, I think, in Lagos and in Nigeria generally, um, you may question certain things about the plan, but generally there are some plans, right? Mm. Now, the where we tend to drop the ball, I think, is in the implementation and enforcement of things and sticking to, to plans. Uh, and so very often, um, we have situations where uh, people construct uh, buildings where they ought not to, uh, sometimes estates, which encroach on channels uh, for the for the uh, for for floodwaters to um, to dissipate, um, and many of these things are projects that went through an approval process, right? So people did not just go there, and sometimes people build anyhow. But mm. a lot of the times they get they get approvals, approvals right? So um, I think it's important. Not just to have the plans, we have to have the plans. Mm. But then we also have to have a situation where plans, uh, people stick to the plans mm. that there are the, the government agencies and individuals who have responsibility up to and including the highest level of government for approving some of those things. Take into consideration, right, these other factors, not just a profit motive, not just a mm. developmental motive, but also the environmental consequences of things. And ensuring that the different agencies that have um, insight into the different aspects of each of these developments mm. is no one is sort of shut down, right? Mm. So if the voice of the physical planning people is louder than the voice of the environmental people, for mm. example, you may have a situation where you have physical development that is not taking sufficient uh, account of environmental, environmental issues. issues. And the job of the overall government is to ensure that all of those things are prioritized in a way that then do not create um, undue influence in certain areas. Mm. Now, you see this also in other areas. For example, when you talk about sand filling, right? When you talk about, um, you know, uh, dredging contracts dredging. and all of those kinds of things, right? These are all things that have environmental impacts, right? But they also have commercial impacts, right? Indeed. Sometimes they are, they, are, they, 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 they are also a channel for political favors to be granted. Mm. So if you prioritize all of these things over and above the environmental factors or the social factors oh. or the things that affect the lower socioeconomic classes, then you're going to have this kind of outcomes. And that's why one of the central pillars actually of our agenda is called government reform. We have a tiger agenda. G under tiger is okay. government reform. Okay. And it's really saying that all the actions of government must be brought in line with the interests of the people. And the way you do that is by ensuring that those who occupy those seats where decisions are being made, whether it's respect to physical planning or any of these areas, are making those decisions in a non-self-interested way, mm. weighing the consequences and benefits of actions by one yardstick, which is the interests of the people. Indeed. Interest. More. All right, so you, you've talked about quite a lot when it comes to the issues of housing. And if you take a look at certain areas, including some highbrow areas in Lagos, I would agree that um, the issue of a building code leaves more questions. 
you go to certain places like Lekki, some parts of Victoria Island, and you see some of these buildings. Until you get inside, you may never get to appreciate the fact that it could have been done better. Mm. Because you look from the outside, it looks good. Mm. But you get inside, the rooms are undersized. Mm. There's no cross ventilation. Mm. The issues with the plumbing, some of them, their wastewaters are channeled into the gutters. Mm. And several issues mm. that surround the housing system in Lagos. An eventual collapse. Yes. Which there are defects here and there, substandard products or goods or uh, underqualified personnel yeah. on site. Yeah. And then the next thing, there's a building collapse. It's yes. all tied together. Yes. How would you fix this for Lagosians? So well, maybe if I will ask, hmm. what do you think really is, has become responsible for this issue that we have in the city of Lagos? So again, you know, government has to function like a government. Mm. All right. You see, the person, those none of those buildings went up. Oh, I would say most of those buildings went up, having gone through some planning process and gotten mm. some approvals. Most of them. They didn't just mm. go there and build without any approval. So, you see, those who occupy seats where they have authority over approving this need to understand mm. that they occupy those seats in trust for the people. For it's the a people. sacred trust. It's a sacred trust. So, those decisions must be taken. I, as someone who is let's say i'm a tenant in mm. this building that you talked about mm. by renting that building there's a tat or an implicit uh, trust that i'm saying that this building mm. was well constructed and that somebody in my government whose responsibility it was to ensure that this building is constructed to code mm. did their work and therefore i can rent this house safely you see what i mean mm -hmm. now if you have that failure then it's a problem. And that's why government reform is central. Now, let me just quickly say, before we move on, that government reform is about ensuring that people do the right thing, enforcing when people do the wrong thing, mm. prosecuting mm. diligently. So we will strengthen the Attorney General's office. We will strengthen the tools of surveillance. We will strengthen the tools of enf enforcement and audit. And we will prosecute diligently. But As a state but, governor, you yes. will have all these resources at your disposal. They are there. That's why I said strengthen, strengthen, strengthen. They are mm. there. The Attorney General's office is there. The so, uh, enforcement mechanisms are all there. Mm. The tools of surveillance are there. They are all there. You just need to ensure that they are enforced from the top down and ensuring that people who are at the top lead by example mm. and therefore require um, those who are under them mm. to also um, uh, abide by those things that they themselves, mm. by example, show that they, they, they value, mm. right? Which is doing things right. Now, importantly, let me just add that as a foundation for this, this is not just a carrot and this is not just a stick approach. Okay. But you have to have a carrot and stick. Mm. So you must compensate people well. Mm. And one of the things that we will do is to ensure that everybody who works for Lagos State Government gets a reasonable compensation. They must get a reasonable compensation. Mm. And then you insist that they do the right thing and then you prosecute them. When they don't do the when right they fail to do the right yeah. thing. Okay, so still on housing, uh, what would be your housing plan for for the urban poor um, in relations to um, land rights, issues of land rights, and people who live in coastal communities? And this has been one big area of contention um, 
where people who live in coastal communities around Lagos are forcefully evicted from where they live. Um, and the issues of land rights around uh, where they live, their inability to actually get uh, that certificate or so-called certificate of occupancy. And the housing development that we see is in no way meeting up, is going to meet up with the demands of those kinds of people. What is your housing plan for the urban poor? So, um, the first thing is to say that, to recognize that this is a complex problem, right? And um, and it's not a problem that has an overnight solution. But there are some principles that we must employ in dealing with the issue. Uh, the first is to say that um, um, we must try to treat people humanely, right? And strike a right balance between um, uh, the, the development that we require for our city, right? The longer term development that we require for our city and the, um, the, the sort of hardships that um, these dwellers in slum communities that you referred to are undergoing. So as we're dealing with, we don't, nobody wants a situation where we have slums, but we are where we are. So we have to have a plan for moving from where we are to where we want to be, right? And the issue of titling and, and uh, land titling and all of that is a part of the problem, but it's also a complex part of the problem because it's not just going there and say, whoever is staying there, you know, we just give you a title and the place is yours, mm. right? We have to think about how we address those issues in a sustainable way going forward. But I think that um, as part of the, I'll call it medium-term plan for Lagos, right, is a plan for affordable housing in the real sense of affordable housing. So this is not like doing 50 units in mm. Lekki, for example, <laughs> which, you know, you price at, you know, 35 million and say it is affordable housing mm. that people should come and buy. You know, that's not affordable housing in the context of Lagos. What is affordable housing? Maybe for? we need that, mm. right? But we also need a situation where people who are working for Lagos State Government, for example, okay, right, um, can take mortgages to buy homes, right? Mm. So if we have large-scale developments of affordable homes, and by, by large-scale development, I'm talking about large-scale developments, not mm. in the 50s, not in the hundreds, in mm. the thousands. Large-scale. Large-scale. Mm. Um, so that people can... Can, can access those things, right? And then government is a partner by creating the right financing options, putting the right guarantees mm. in place, working with those private sector entities and subsidizing where necessary, right? Mm. Because it's part of the social problem that you're trying to solve for a city, right? The thing also to realize is that um, there's a lot of, actually, mm. fi finance and funding for projects at the right scale where government is acting in the right way as a partner. I have run two pension funds. Okay. Right? The pension industry has about almost 14 trillion naira as of today. And most of that money is long-term money. And that's just the local pension fund industry. Before you start talking about global yeah. players, right? So people need, and so people need uh, projects where, um, that are de-risked, where government is a, an active partner mm. and has created the conditions around those projects so that they can deploy their funding. Their funding. There are people who have funding and are looking for places to deploy. So where, where have we, they been? We, Why we, are they not here? Well, so so I think we have to create the institutional environment okay. 
we have to create the if you if you and there are different aspects of it so mm. you know if the society is more prosperous if the society is managed in a way where the resources are going round rather than being concentrated in a few you will not see these big developments in Ekoi where every people are buying three and four and five mm. units mm. but you will see perhaps a large housing development in Ikorodu which mm. is substantially taken up by maybe low-level bank workers government uh, uh, Lagos state government employees and so on and so forth, reasonable mm. wages mm. and can commit to a 15 20 year mortgage yeah. right funded by um, these sources of finance that i'm talking about this mm. the risked by government mm. right so it's that kind of thinking on that kind of scale that i think begins to address the longer term problem that we're talking about okay great um Okay, um, I think I watched an interview. You did. You have a video on waste management in the city of yeah, Lagos. Yeah. And after what I said, oh, I think I want to ask you more questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, because one of the key challenges about waste management in Lagos has mm. been the 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 insufficiency of um, PSPs mm-hmm. running the waste collection mm-hmm. in the city of lagos although waste management is more than waste collection yes mm. but in terms of collection right now mm-hmm. we have that problem and uh, we have an existing law in the city of lagos uh, that bans the activities of informal waste speakers uh, what would you like to do to solve this collection problem you know if you can also speak to other areas of um, waste management that would be fine but how do you want to fill this gap that so, we have so to me, and I can't pretend that I have the hundred percent solution to all of this sitting on this desk. But what I can assure you is that my approach to the waste management problem is one of uh, it comes from a place of understanding the scale of the problem. It is not a trivial problem. Twenty-five million people in Lagos, twenty-five million people in Lagos in a small landmass area generating mm. a lot of is not a trivial problem. So we must address it with everything that we've got, mm. right? And so it should not be a place where, um, you know, patronage should be the order of the day or we should be a place of settling political favors, etc. We should expand it and give it to those who have the capacity to deliver in the same way that we will do and in a meritocratic way. Mm. So if we were running a private sector business and we, were, we needed somebody to do this work for us, who would we give it to? It is the person who has the skill has the capacity mm. to do it that we will give it's not whether the person was our brother or whether mm. the person's our uncle whether the person granted us political favors and i think that that is part of the problem that we have in this waste management area it's part of the problem we have in this waste management area and it's and and that will help to address the collection issue if the existing psps are efficient i have no problem with using mm. them mm. but we shouldn't limit ourselves to them or limit use to them if they are not efficient we must put in whoever is efficient who can do that work and if there's need uh, to operate the thing on a PPP basis for government to step in Still and there. partly subsidize or whatever, yeah. let's do that. But at the end of the day, we should be outcome focused. We should be outcome focused. And then, of course, as you mentioned, and which I agree with, we must look beyond collection because everybody's focused on collection. But, you know, there are issues of landfill, recycling, those kinds of things, the, 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 the value chain, yeah. let's call it, of waste. You know, and then how does waste and waste management translate to other policy areas like power, for example? Mm. You know, can we link the two through waste to power programs? These are the kinds of ways in which we need to think out of the box okay. uh, on a whole range of policy areas, not least of which is waste management. Okay. Mm. 
Well, uh, yes, we are, but indeed, in, in a few words, Mr. Deharty, let's quickly talk about water yep. in Lagos. It's a major problem. It is. Uh, I, if, if I, I mean, I, I, I call it the forgotten problem of Lagos. I think Seriously. people have forgotten that it's, it's even something that you should be able to open your tap and be able to drink from it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And so this is, in a big, like, again, Forgot, forgotten area is a good way of, of, of describing it. It's like it's not on anybody's radar. Mm. And it ought to be. So our long-term goal, and, and we've said it, is that it, it, we, should, we must have a, a roadmap and a plan mm. for citywide pipe-borne water. Okay. That, that must be kind of where we are going in the long term. Now, granted, it's going to take a lot to get there and mm. take a lot of time and all of that. But, um, you know, with resolve... And if we break the problem down into sort of chunks, mm. uh, I think we can make substantial headway um, um, towards addressing those problems. Because remember, at the end of the day, we're not in a desert. Lagos is a coastal city, mm. right? Um, um, if you take a place like Singapore and you think about what they've done in terms of um, you know, water recycling and so on and so forth, these are people that are hard to sort of surmount tremendous challenges to deal with their water issues. Mm. And I think that um, with resolve in Lagos, we can do a lot more. Of course, a lot more. where you have um, you know disorderly development, slums, and so on and so forth, it's going to be difficult to have um, to have uh, structured you know water mm. uh, arrangements in those places. But if you have some of these things that we talked about, mm. large scale developments, affordable housing developments, it's a lot easier to have to handle to have water supplying large numbers of people okay. when you have those kinds of. Um, that scale of development Develop. for different levels, socioeconomic levels, then you can address things in a structured way. Okay. So we have to move the economy, the society, the community um, um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a firm and determined way mm. from this very informal, chaotic um, way in which we've been operating to a more structured way that recognizes that look we're a large community with a large population most mm. of which are lower socioeconomic classes and we have to structure the society in a way that it caters to them also whether it's in terms of housing mm. in terms of transport in terms of water in terms of power and not just be overly focused on the favored few okay well if you're listening to us it's been an interesting one uh, yeah. speaking with the africa democratic congress uh, ADC gubernatorial candidate uh, here in Lagos State, Mr. Funshaw Doharty. We've talked about a couple of things that are quite of interest to Lagosians and everyone who has the interest of Lagos at heart. Deji, yeah. we must begin to close now. Yeah, yeah, it's been a very interesting season. Uh, we wish we wish all the candidates mm. the best. Uh, may the best man win. <laughs> Amen. And um, Lagosians. Make sure you go out there, ask the right questions, let Indeed. us engage. We, we have a couple of community engagement programs um, coming up. Uh, uh, young people in the world in Shoki, this Sunday, okay. we'll be talking to candidates from all the different political parties. Okay. Uh, it's the community-based um, uh, thing, you know, the young people coming together and asking their candidates questions. And mm. uh, That's what Rethinking Cities is about uh, this period, um, engaging politicians. Okay. You can follow us on uh, Rethinking CI on um, Twitter and uh, Rethinking Cities on uh, Instagram for more information. It's been a mm. very interesting season and uh, we say a big thank you to our partners, Irish Boss, um, for supporting this work and 
See you next year. <laughs> All right. See you next year. Yeah. And thanks, thank you Mr. so much for coming. All right. Thank you once yeah. again for thank you for for also listening. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lagos. Bye for now. is one of the fastest growing cities in the world and the fifth largest economy in Africa. The city is growing so fast that censuses can't keep up. Lagos stands for rapid urbanization, but the city is faced with numerous challenges that comes with urbanization. Join us in the conversation on Rethinking Lagos show as we speak with policymakers, researchers, and politicians to address issues such as mobility, climate change, waste, housing, energy, and urban planning every Thursday by 4 p.m. on Inspiration 92.3. This program is brought to you by Rethinking Cities in collaboration with Eric Boris Stifcon. Now for me and you 